Hey guys, before we get into this episode of the show, I do wanna let you know about a course that I have launched on Skillshare called Productivity Masterclass, Create a Custom System That Works. And if you haven't been able to take the course yet and you want to improve your productivity system in 2019, then I'm gonna suggest that you go over to cigpodcast.com slash productivity. That'll take you to the sales page for the Skillshare course. And if you go to that URL, you're gonna get a two month free trial of Skillshare, which means you can indeed take this course for free. So if you want to tighten your note-taking system, your to-do list, your email processing, your calendar, all those great things, then go ahead and take that course. Once again, it's cigpodcast.com slash productivity, and let's get into the show. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome to the College Info Geek Podcast. I don't have a joke this week. What? That's the It's joke. not a good place to hear a joke insert, in the intro. Insert laugh track here. Um, this is going to be a different episode. So one of my favorite podcasts in the world, Money Lab, which, I mean, it's possibly my favorite podcast because it's run by one of my good friends, Matt Giovannisi, and also Andrew Fiebert's on it. He's also one of my very good friends. It's just like hanging out with my friends, right? That's fair. Uh, last year when they were doing like their 30 days, 30 podcast episodes thing, they had one episode where it was just like, they called it a fly on the wall episode, where uh, they were just having a conversation about their own kind of stuff, but it was still relevant to business. Okay. So they weren't necessarily trying to like point it and, and like it was, angle it, was it as a advice. Skype conversation toward you turned into listener. a podcast and people really liked it. I loved it. Okay. Like, because it wasn't them trying to present. It was just them being themselves talking about things that they cared about specifically in the moment. And then they just made it a podcast episode. So I'm going to do that because for the past four days, I have been just, I try to sit down and write a video called Top 10 Note-Taking Apps for 2019, thinking it would be easy. Oh, oh, Thomas. <laughs> I was like, I was like, all I got to do is make a list of apps, just write like a sentence or two about their features. It could be arbitrary. No one would care. And I'll put it out there. But no, that's not how my brain works. My brain's like, well, what's the best note-taking app? And... I found myself frustrated because I cannot find a note-taking app that I'm happy with. And I feel like a lot of people are in this similar situation. I've been like trawling through GitHub bug threads Uh, for um, open source markdown editor projects. And there's people who are just like, yeah, I came from Evernote and Evernote has like one or two missing features. And for that, it's a deal breaker. Everything's like a partial solution to what you're looking for. And I feel like a lot of people have come to the same exact conclusion that I have where it's like, Full circle, I want to leave Evernote. I find myself back at Evernote because nothing else quite fits the bill. <laughs> Evernote, you'll be back. That's the slogan. That's it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't feel bad about this because so I was watching a car review a few months ago back when I was trying to buy a new car and I was researching. And I think it was um, the straight pipes. They did a video on the Volkswagen GTI and they, they were reviewing like the newest model and they Volkswagen had fixed something that they wanted and they were like, this is why you never stop complaining because eventually, I don't know, if you're like, if you're a fan of a company but you also complain, they listen to you because like you're giving them your dollars. Yeah. So I do a lot of complaining on Twitter to note-taking apps but that I also use and if not pay for, at least advertise a lot so it's it's like so a don't feel bad. it's like a complaint coming from a good place. Yes. Rather than just complaining to be mean. Yeah. Y- you want them to help you better. So what I, what I'm going to do in this episode is I'm going to uh, tell people the note taking apps I've been testing that will you know there's some value there. Yeah. Um. But I also 
I got to thinking, like, what if we could design our own? And I thought about this this morning, and I was like, oh, that's, that's too much work. That's, like, that's a lot of work. Because to do it correctly, you need multi-device compatibility, mobile and desktop. You need a syncing engine. And you need, like, fast performance. You need some way to make sure notes are backed up, version history, uh, what do you do with encryption? That's all kinds of things. But on last week's episode, you talked about how you just like started fiddling, fiddling around with um, Unity. Yep. And obviously, game development is like a similarly huge problem. Like developing a game is a it massive is there's quite a lot, right? But people do it, and indie developers do it. Singular indie developers make games sometimes. Like the dude who made um, Stardew Valley, that's just him. And, I mean, you can think through the systems that run that game, and they're similarly complex and ridiculous. So, like, this is not an impossible task. It's just, like, when you got a lot of other things going on, it, you can tell yourself, oh, this is really difficult and too much to do. But is it? Yeah, well, how many ideas are lost to the world because of that exact impression, you know? Because you're busy yeah. doing other stuff, and you're like, I got the greatest idea ever. Let me just – I don't know. Yeah. Never mind, I guess. <laughs> uh, so you had told me that you have some some ways that you use note-taking apps. I want to hear about those. I want to kind of go through some of the the notes that or the note-taking apps that I tested. Um, talk about some of the things I liked, some of the, what I didn't like, and I want to kind of like maybe come up with an idea for what I would consider the ideal note-taking app. Okay. And I do not care that this is on the air because unlike say like a new innovative business idea that like you don't want people stealing like no please like even if i start making this even if i hire people like please steal my ideas i've been prattering on about them on twitter for weeks anyway like i i don't even know how many times i've tweeted i don't ever know being like please give me nested notebooks let me create a nested file structure please like and other apps and here's the thing I don't think there's a single feature I would build into an app that doesn't exist somewhere else. Like all the apps that I tested out, it was like, oh, well, this one has this and this one has this. And if if they only would just merge together, please, it would be perfect, but they haven't. Or there are apps that are nearly perfect, but they're not available on Windows or not available on Mac or they're not available on mobile. Yeah, or they're buggy or... Or they're buggy, yeah. So I need something that's like rock solid, available on the platforms I use. Um, an idea ideally available on every platform because might be selfish. Yeah. Uh, and that actually has the features. So, uh, to start this out, I've been on Evernote for a decade. Don't say words like that to me. Oh, it's been a while. It's been quite a while. If I go back to my first note on Evernote, it's, um, something for, for the Cyclone 8 job. Yeah. Do I have Evernote open? I'm very interested. (laughs) Actually, the... I think it's easier to do it in their mobile app because you can go to all notes and then there's like this nice little scroll thing, which is a feature that I would want to put in my app. But yeah, I can go back to July 2010. Oh, I remember no, this do I have note. More? Do I have more? Oh, it's about classful addressing for when you're you're doing subnets and stuff. Mm. Oh, that first note. Uh, anyway, that was from September 13th, 2010. Oh my God. You want to know what my first note is? Qua. July... Second, 2010, blog idea. Oh, you beat me by a few months and it's a blog idea. <laughs> it, it's the idea for College of Geek. 
my first note in Evernote well, is, that's the, is the somewhat first poetic. Like, dash note of what this, yeah. Hey, that note worked out. Blog about college Just, tips in general. Dash helpful. Oh, dash helpful apps, tips, tricks, suggestions of stuff to do. Call it college beat. That's what I was going to call it. Hey, note to 2010, <laughs> Tom. Hey, that was a pretty decent idea. That was a pretty, you know, pretty idea. solid note. <laughs> it worked out pretty well. Okay, so see, look what note so apps can do for you. Eight and a half years ago, not a decade, but yeah. I've been using Evernote for a really long time. Um, and to be clear, I I like Evernote. It just has a couple of things it doesn't do that really frustrate me. Um, and the the main thing, the thing people have been clamoring for since two thousand eight, probably off and on, and Evernote just does not care is the fact that you cannot nest your notebooks. You can nest your tags. And uh, Michael Hyatt has a very detailed blog post where he shows how he has created like this ridiculous tag-based hierarchical organization of notes in Evernote where um, to get around the duplicate tagging issue and to create a hierarchical thing, he's put like dots in front of certain tags and like tildes in front of other tags and the Mm. little up arrow symbol in front of other tags and created like a thing around that. Uh, and it's interesting. I can see how that makes sense, but my initial reaction is, ah, I hate little complications. Tags are not folders. Tags are labels. I mean, you can create a taxonomy with your labels, but they are not an actual label or folder structure. Um, and the problem, I mean, multiple problems. One problem is it's very easy to create tag permutations that are similar but slightly different to what you have decided your organizational structure is going to be. So, I like, if I have a videos tag, I might, like, accidentally tag something as a video. Um, and if there's case sensitivity in tags, which I, I don't know if there is, but if there is, like, that can – you can have, like, know. four different permutations based on uh, singularity or pluralness and then, like, capitalization. And it's just – it's very tough to remain disciplined with a tag structure and keep it. Organized. The main uh, bigger problem is in Evernote's mobile app. Number one, tags. You got to go to your user settings. You got to go to settings, and you got to go to manage tags. And then, as you can see here, tags are organized alphabetically on the mobile app. So, so they're not they're not showing like their hierarchy. If, yeah, if you created a hierarchy, which one. I've done, because see these one thirty six, one thirty eight. These tags yeah. exist underneath a videos tag in. Evernote's desktop app, but uh, on the mobile app, they're just listed alphabetically. So that's totally broken. Um, Evernote's web app, you know how you can do notebook stacks? Yeah. Evernote's web app doesn't support those. Wait, really? So if you go to the web app, Seriously? it just lists that's... all of your notebooks alphabetically, no what? stacks. So they just, to me. they don't seem to care about um, creating a hierarchical organization for your data. And that doesn't make sense to me because Evernote's trying to be like, your second brain. Yeah. Like that's their, and I mean, they, they've done all this work to help you capture everything. And I really commend it because very few other programs out there will do optical character recognition. will do, um, inline PDF viewing, at least in the desktop apps, will let you attach audio files and anything to your notes. Um, I it's, never it's really powerful, right? Text. It's really powerful, but yeah, just the way that you, like it just, you run up against some limitations in the way that you organize your data and it makes it really, really annoying. Um, but Evernote gets most things right. It's just like that to me is a fundamental oversight. And I, I don't know what it is. Maybe they built something into their their code architecture a decade ago and it just does not make any sense. I don't see how, because I feel like you could just 
build into your client, like you could say like in the in your views, allow user to um you know, move notebooks under each other. And even if they weren't yeah. actually moved under each other to server level, it would at least look like that visually. I don't know. But that doesn't exist. So there's Evernote. So that made me go look at a bunch of other notes. Um, I looked at a bunch that are not in my top 10. Trillium, Notable, Inkdrop, Boost Note, Joplin, Keep It, Devon Think, Box Notes, NoteJoy, Simple Note, Zoho Notes, Agenda, which I, I want to come back to Agenda because I think you would like Agenda. I don't like Agenda. Um, but the top 10 that it came to, I guess Evernote is one of them. Um, Microsoft OneNote is one. There's one called Standard Notes, Google Keep, Bear, Ulysses, Apple Notes, Notion, which we use every single day, um, Slight, and then one called Typora. So these will be in the show notes. I will probably still make a video about these. And I think like some people will probably find one and just be happy with it. But I'm happy with none. Yeah. Typora has the best writing experience that I have come across in a note-taking app. So I guess like one thing I wanted to find here, for me, a note-taking app has like a UI where you get your file browser of notes on like the side and then the editor in the same window. So I don't count Google Docs. I don't count Microsoft Word. I don't count Dropbox Paper because those I consider like, I don't count ByWord. Those are writing apps and you have to go and use a separate file system to access your writings. Yeah. And I don't think that works really well for uh, note-taking apps because you wanna be able to zoom around quickly between notes and you wanna be able to see your organization, right? It's just like an email program. Like if I had if I had to look at emails in a file browser and then open them in a new window, that'd be ridiculous. Yeah. You know, or maybe that, that's just how my brain works. So unfortunately that disqualifies Dropbox paper and I say unfortunately because I think Dropbox Paper has possibly the best writing experience that I have ever found in an app. It's just that their their file system's not so great. <laughs> and it's separate, so it doesn't count. Uh, Typora is number two. Typora's got a markdown writing system. And for people who don't know, markdown is a is a kind of a markup language where you can format your text with text. Yeah, it's like so, a shorthand for style. Yeah. So like uh, most note-taking apps have, have cribbed some things from Markdown. Like if you type a star and then space, that will turn into a bullet list. Or if you type a one yeah. and then a space, that turns into an ordered list. Um, if you put an asterisk around a string of text, um, that will italicize it. If you put two, it will bold it. Um, GitHub has their own flavor of Markdown. A lot of apps will use GitHub flavored Markdown. Now, there's a lot of note-taking apps out there that do a lot of things right, but what they do is they give you a plain text pane for editing your text, and then you can turn on a preview window where it will show you your markdown formatting, but then you can't actually like go edit things in there. So it's like a separation between the editing window and the, the formatted text window. I don't like that. I want to be editing. I want to like have my stuff formatted as I'm editing it. So I also disqualified things like Inkdrop and Notable, which have that split pane window. Doesn't work for me. I want something that actually formats my stuff as I type with Markdown. Dropbox Paper does that. Typeora does that. A lot of the apps that I have here do that. Um, the problem with Typeora, it, it's like a brilliant writing app. And it does have a file browser, but the sorting capabilities aren't great. And it doesn't do any like internal storage or management of your notes. It just opens up an actual file on your computer. 
So, oh, so it's like a, it's like a good text editor. Great kind text of editor. Thing. Yep. And I, I do include it as a note taking app because it at least has a file browser. And what's cool is once you've opened a folder, um, you can sort it. And actually, show my computer here. You can sort it with your folders hierarchically, which is great. Or you can change to a articles list where it will just give you a oh, that's um, interesting a list of every single every single note within the group of folders you've opened. So it's like opening a folder and like, for me, opening it in Atom or Sublime Text. It's just like that, yep. And uh, the okay. reason I do count it as a note-taking app is because in the preferences, you can tell it to always open that folder. Like when you open up the oh, app. Oh, then essentially it folder, would be its database. And you can yeah. tell it to keep the last app or the last note you had open, you can tell it to open to that. So you can, you can turn it into almost an Evernote competitor because you can get the Windows version, you can get the Mac version, you can keep them on your, all your computers, and then you can tell it to use a folder structure that's in Google Drive or Dropbox, so you have cloud syncing. But, um, and I haven't run into this problem because I've been careful about it, but I've realized if you have a note open on multiple desktops, I don't think the autosave function is smart enough to like know what the most recent change was. Ah. And there's no built-in version history. So if I went and wrote a bunch of text on one computer, forgot to hit the save button, and then I went over to another computer and accidentally hit save, or I closed out and like triggered the autosave function, it may overwrite the new stuff on the other computer. So it just doesn't exist in the way that, that Evernote or most note-taking apps have that sort of organizational hierarchy there. Uh, but the writing experience, I think, is second to none. Um, OneNote, Microsoft OneNote is a frustrating case because it's very powerful, but there's no way to sort your notes by date, modified, date created, alphabetical. It's just, they literally like give you a skeuomorphic digital notebook where like the next page is just the next page. And it's like ah. you flip through it like it's real paper. Some people love that, but I'm like, no, I need to be able to sort. And I guess like my dream note-taking app would let you sort um, in any folder, like you would be able to s define a different sort order for each folder, which you can do in Ulysses, and I would want date modified, date created, alphabetical, or manual. Because manual lets you drag and drop. So if you were like writing a book or a really long article, you could have multiple little snippets and then you could drag them in the order you wanted them, which would be sweet. Uh, oh, the other thing I like about Tipper though is, and I think on the Mac, yeah, the Mac is over here. You get an outline view based on your subheadings. So you can zoom between things in your document. Oh, that's something that Google Drive has done for a long time, and ever since I found it, I loved it. It was amazing. But yeah, OneNote doesn't give you the ability to sort your notes, which is just crazy making to me. Well, it's it's OneNote. <laughs> OneNote. It's just all. It's right big, in there. It's right note. in the name. Yeah. Um, standard notes. Standard is an interesting one. Uh, I think I have it on here that I can like open it up and show it to you. Yeah. So standard notes made by one dude has a big privacy focus. I really want to love standard notes because it's it's fast. Um, they let you do, like there's multiple editors. So like this note, I'm using a rich text editor, which Evernote uses. This note, I'm doing Markdown. And oh, it has okay. uh, Markdown, like rich Markdown, where it will actually show you your formatting in the editor. You can still open a preview window and there's certain things that will show better than others, such as this little quirk where ordered lists in the rich text editor here, or the, the rich markdown editor, like if you tab in, the numbering doesn't restart like it should. So I could do like list item one, list item two, and then I would indent to another list level, it should go to one. 
Yeah. But it goes to three. When you preview, it does go to one. It does render correctly. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know why it doesn't render correctly over here. Um, and they do let you do as many nested tags as you want. And then things like, at least unlike Evernote, it kind of like has some hierarchy to it. But you can't drag nodes into different tags. You have to actually go in here and like change your tags to um, to move notes from place to place. And the other thing I don't like is you can't drag images into the, the area to make notes. You gotta host them online somewhere and then put the URL in there. Uh, which is a little cumbersome. When yeah. You're... So if you're, I don't know, an engineering student and you find, you know, you've got some diagrams saved to your computer or you're like me, you're writing blog posts and you wanna like format a well-formatted blog post, um, it would be nice to be able to drag an image in. And Evernote lets you do that. OneNote lets you do that. Typora lets you do that. This doesn't. So it's kind of a bummer. Um, and the other thing that I don't like is you cannot open two notes at once. At all? Nope. Just can't do it. There's no way to do it. I went into their Slack and I asked that there's currently not a way to do that. Uh, and I do want to put this up front because, like, we have a big platform. So, like, there's the potential that we're going to, like, shape public opinion about certain apps out there. Every app I talk about here, like, we're, we're at a snapshot in time. So anything that is being actively developed may improve, may change. And yeah. I would love for that to happen. Uh, but right now, like, you can't do that. So big problem for me because when I'm writing an article, I often have a research document. And then I want to open that up, put it next to my draft document, and be able to re- uh, reference it. Evernote can do that. Though Evernote has a weird thing where... Like sometimes I'm just stream of consciousness writing a bunch of stuff in one huge note and uh, I want to open the same note in another window so I can reference stuff I wrote earlier. Oh, because it's, yeah, it's That big. works, but when you make a change to the note in the other window, it will zoom down to where you make the change. Mm. So it's like you can't really reference the stuff you're, you're using. Whereas in Typora, if you open the same note twice, um, it will intelligently update the text in the version of the note that you're not currently in, like the window you're not currently in, but it won't, but it won't down scroll. It. So it's okay. brilliant. So uh, that would be on my wish list there. Uh, what else do we got? I have this in Typora. Let's see here. Google Keep. Google Keep is, I mean, I'm putting it on the list because it's, it's good for like taking notes, but I feel like it's good for taking notes in the way you like to take notes where it's like, oh, this is relevant to me now. But then later it'll be not useful, so I'll never need it again. Mm. For whatever reason, my brain loves the way Evernote works. Where I'm like, if I write it down, it's always there. And it's just in my sort of mental trapper keeper where nothing will ever go away. But I think you were telling me you like having a system where there's stuff that like if you want to delete it, or like when you're done with it, you delete it. Yeah, I like feeling free to delete some things. Is that, yeah. I felt like for me with Evernote, I archived everything. I considered everything something to keep forever. And for me, that's really overwhelming. Some things, yes, I want to keep forever. Mm -hmm. But there are some times where I want to do the equivalent of when I pull out one of my little pocket notebooks, write something. I don't keep all of those. I Because then I'd have a stack of a thousand notebooks filled with unnecessary things. So I like it when things can go away because otherwise I'll be juggling the information forever. Hmm. Because I typically use the inbox of Evernote for that. But I definitely get where you're coming from. Yeah, I like that it's completely gone. I like data cleanliness sometimes, but only with certain things because if I'm like – I I clip recipes into Evernote. I have a ton of recipes. I have old things, important stuff like maybe some leases that Mm -hmm. I've signed, old stuff that I want in there that's searchable. But 
if I just had a spur of the moment thought, I'm just typing one thing and I'm going to look at it later. And then that was it. It was just like a reminder yeah. about some ideas. I don't want that in the same place as my highly organized filing cabinet. You know, I want that to right. go away. I guess like there's, so Evernote has a trash where you can just trash yeah, but things that like, you're done with. I became afraid to throw things away because I have such a good mm. potential to keep it forever and because it's got version history. And then I'd be like, well, then I can keep every version of this forever. And what if I delete this now, I lose the version. So I better keep everything. Okay. So right now I put a lot of stuff in iCloud notes. So um, I was planning out maybe some new workout plans and some new habit things, mm-hmm. some new goals I wanted to take on. And it was just a spur of the moment. I need to think out loud onto this because I didn't have my paper with yeah. me, my paper notebook. But I want that gone afterward. It's a huge mess. It's not useful to me going forward. It's useful to me in the moment. Yeah. I wonder if you could build some sort of like ephemeral view. That would be cool if there like... was like, this. these are auto-archived if you don't touch them for a week or something. And then I could just say, look, it's a notebook that goes away. That would just be an interesting. And then um, you, you have it forever, but it's not in front of my face distracting yeah. me. So I'm trying to think of this like from a from the perspective of like a mobile app. Cause I realize if I'm going to the desktop app, I could just like mark this note as like auto archive, or I could mark a, a folder or a smart search as like auto archive, anything with this tag. But what like, one of my qualms with Evernote is sometimes I just want to like dash off a quick thought on my phone. And with Evernote, I got to open the app, hit new note, categorize it, or just like, I got to leave it in inbox and then hope I remember to categorize it later, which I almost never do. So sometimes I do open Apple notes just to provide a quick thought. Yeah. But it's it's not in the system then. So yeah, I wonder if like, if you could make an app where you could just say like, all right, mobile app, like there's just a toggle. It says like, all right, toggle this to my ephemeral notebook. Yeah, it's like, it's just managing the difference for me between what is active information. I'm using it now, but it's not important later. Like an idea for something I want to cook or here, here's me brainstorming grocery ideas without putting them in the official list. That's way different yeah. than me keeping my lease in a file forever with some notes about things that happened around that time. Yeah. And I don't I don't want to see them together. When I that's two completely different mindsets and I don't want to look at long term while I'm thinking about short term and vice versa. That is one for, yeah, cuz like in my inbox I've got like 2018 like tax to do and I have like my Ninja Warrior application answers and then like a Comcast ticket number. Yeah, and that, that's like, I that's to remember not it, but that's like, those are archived. You push them away yeah, and you need them when you need them, but yeah. you don't need to be shown those things again. Like when are you going to be like, oh, no, 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 no. oh yeah, the specific number for my Comcast data issue. Mm-hmm. Well, I know they haven't progressed on that. What a useful number to be seeing <laughs> when something else could be showing up instead. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that, that's actually really interesting. This week's episode of our show is brought to you by our friends over at Brilliant, who have built an amazing learning platform for anyone wanting to increase their skills in math, science, and computer science, while also becoming a better problem solver along the way. And that's because they build all of their courses with the principle of active learning in mind, which means instead of sitting in a lecture or passively intaking information, you are gonna be immediately thrown into challenging problems that will stretch your capabilities and that will sometimes stump you. Now, the problems in their courses, which can range from 
calculus to math for quantitative trading and finance to logic to science courses like gravitational physics and even computer science courses like algorithms and computer memory, these problems are bite-sized. So they're not gonna frustrate you too much, but you eventually will get stuck and that's okay. They do have this amazingly detailed wiki with lots of example problems, lots of concepts with very detailed explanations. So you can go gather the knowledge that you need to get on a just-in-time basis and then go back to the course to solve those problems that you were stuck on. And when you do this, number one, you stay more interested as you're learning because you're doing it actively, but you also become a better problem solver across the board. So in your future career, when your boss brings you a new problem, you're going to be more equipped to solve it. Now, in addition to the library of in-depth courses, Brilliant has launched a new feature called Daily Problems, where they release a couple of problems each day that take about five minutes and can help you branch out and learn new things in areas that you hadn't considered before. So this could be a great addition to your morning routine or any part of your day. So if you want to start learning for free, if you want to start doing those daily problems or digging into one of their in-depth courses, you can go over to brilliant.org slash geek. And if you are one of the first 83 people to do so and sign up, you're going to get 20% off their annual premium subscription. Big thanks to Brilliant for sponsoring this episode and being a huge supporter of College Info Geek, and let's get back into the show. Uh, okay, so tell me about like how you take notes. So you have Apple Notes. I have I have some paper notebooks. I have the iCloud Notes, okay. and then I have Evernote, which is where tons of stuff, tons of old stuff, is archived. Do you like um, actively enter anything into Evernote right now? I clip new recipes into Evernote. Using okay. their using the clipping extension, a lot of what I have in Evernote right now is either old classwork I never bothered to delete, but also music work, so lyrics, the various yeah. stages of recordings, and ideas for music. That's actually one of the first things I loved Evernote for was to keep track of recordings yeah. and lyrics and images of my fingers on the keys or on the guitar or something to remind me where the starting position was. That's interesting. And um, yeah, because sometimes it's. It's hard for me to be like, wait, how did I finger that? I can't, can't remember it. Yeah. But that stuff I don't need on a daily basis. Whereas my iCloud notes, so that's got, so my accomplishment log because I'm constantly, I'm entering stuff into that all the time. I don't want it. Fi- it's not in my filing cabinet. I want that on my desk to remind me what accomplishments I'm working on, what I've recently done. That may be sort of an archival thing, but I yeah. want to see it a lot. So you keep that in iCloud Notes? I keep that in iCloud Notes because I want to see it frequently. I don't want to have to sort through. Evernote to me is you go to the back room yeah, filled with filing cabinets, and you only want to do that occasionally. That's yeah. stuff you didn't need. But this this goes right on my desk because I want it constantly. Or like notes for – so I have notes for podcasts in iCloud Notes because I just delete them after because we recorded the podcast. I don't need the outline anymore. It's not – Ooh, I would keep it. Because what if I make a video on it later? Oh, well, I'm not going to make a video on it later. <laughs> so you, like, you delete your research? Um, yeah. Like you do research on Oh, my gosh. I can never do that. I have like a – I really hate keeping things. Okay. It's, it's almost – you know, and maybe that's me. <laughs> I have OCD. But for me, I really like that some things go away before I feel encumbered by having to manage yeah. infinite things because I'll have a lot more thoughts and things I do over the next you know, 60 that years or so. Yeah. So I've got a default morning routine. This is just the default, but I want to be able to quickly open it up, look at it in the morning mm-hmm. and be like, oh, that's interesting. So while I'm not editing it frequently, I want to be able to see it at a moment's notice and then ignore it. That, these are the things I have pinned to the top. They're just like... It's like the equivalent of putting sticky notes yeah. on a wall that floats in front of me. That way I always have access to that data. 
And then a lot of this, though, is... Okay, so I have tomorrow like till Thursday morning, quarter a cup each time. That's just me remembering to watch uh, Arwen and how much to feed oh, her. Oh, yeah. I don't need that. I'm, just, I'm deleting it right now. It's gone. Because, you, yeah, you just know now. It was tomorrow till Thursday. It's just a quick note. I just needed somewhere to write something immediately. Yeah. Where do I write it? Well, Evernote's a little cumbersome when you want yeah. to write, write something quick. Evernote takes a little longer. So I wonder if you actually would like this, note, this uh, agenda app. Because, like, this, like, literally puts things on your agenda and you can date them and then, like, they kind of just will fade into the past when you're done with them. I don't know. It doesn't make sense for me because I do a lot of entering data and then, like, because agenda is just, like, a project um, and it's, like, one long list of everything and the notes aren't – they're not, like, previews like they are never Evernote. They're just, like, one note and then you scroll all the way past it. It's like having a blog where there's no truncation in the blog view. It's just the whole thing. And then the next thing, the next thing. But maybe that makes sense for you. Maybe for some of these. Because like like a lot of these, I don't even remember, like gate code. Honestly, it took me a few seconds (laughs) to remember what that even was for. Yeah. I don't. Is that for the apartment? Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it is. But at first I was just like, gate code. I don't remember writing that down. And here's a list of us trying to go through the um, uh, Marvel movies. Oh, <laughs> we were trying to do that, weren't we? Yeah. I don't need that in my legit reminders thing because it's not an yeah. important reminder. That's not a – I'm just keeping track of something temporarily. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so you kind of want separation between active slash ephemeral things and, like, archive things. Yeah. I'm sort of, like, thinking of uh, how in The Name of the Wind there's, like, the the stacks and then the other area in the library. I forget the second room. Yeah, I don't remember. But, like, the stacks, you have to but, get yeah. special permission to go in there, and there's it's, like, everything – and then the, there's, like, the one of the room where most of the books that are currently being used, like, those are kept there. And students, yeah. like, usually just go there. Well, it's, like, so the stuff that's in the archive, the stuff that's in the stacks, so to speak, I want that stuff formatted a certain way. Yeah. If it's going to be something – so imagine that I had decided that that gate code goes into my archive, my Evernote. It's not useful if I go into the filing cabinet room and then I'm just like, well, I don't have any idea what the hell that is. Just yeah. throw it out. Stuff that gets stored long term needs to be it has, needs to be a little more explicit in what it's about. Mm-hmm. It needs to be formatted in a way useful to future to me. And I don't always want to go to the effort of making something useful to future me when I only needed it this week. Yeah, that makes sense. I wonder if you could like develop. I wonder if it would be too, too cumbersome from a user experience standpoint to develop like two different kinds of data entry. So I know like I don't know. Apps like Zoho Notes have tried to, like, do different types of notes. Like, this is a checklist note, and this is a text note, and this is an audio note, and this is a picture note. And, like, I don't, I don't like the idea of, of like, choosing the type of data you want yeah, the before more, you make the, the more note. steps there is. I want to say, like, to... new note, and then this note should be flexible enough to, to take in the data that I want, which is exactly what Evernote does. Yeah, well, this but is why I use paper a lot of times for those, for those ephemeral paper. ideas, yeah. That makes sense. I have uh, little pocket notebooks and I do it with sticky notes like on that. my desktop, like the Windows Sticky Notes app. Yeah, and like the, well. the fact that I would ever think that physical paper is useful when I have Evernote in my pocket all the time, it, I think that goes to show that there is a very different need yeah. for these type of notes. Or else, yeah. I, feasibly, I can use Evernote at all times at any time I want. But sometimes that doesn't serve my purpose. It's a very different type of note-taking in my mind. yeah. So, and this is sort of like the crux of what I've been struggling with because there's a big part of my mind that wants to say, oh, I should have a single note-taking application that can handle Comcast data issue ticket numbers in one area 
and serious content creation and research and writing in another area. And then there's another part of my brain that's like, well, you know, you could just separate those, like have a note-taking app for all your personal crap and then have an app for serious writing. But where I get hung up there and where I just feel like I can't deal with that is I can't turn my brain off from serious writing out like all the time. Like I'll be in the shower and I'll be like, oh my God, that's a great quote for this article that I'm working on. I want to be able to go into my data system. And I guess if there was like a serious writing app that I was satisfied with on all platforms, I could keep that separate from Evernote, but it just isn't. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, because so they, maybe they all the, have like uh, the one thing. Yeah, may, maybe. Yeah, I mean, for some of them, the one thing is just not available on Windows. Like, yeah, and that's still honestly, an important thing for you because you need access to it all the time if yeah. it's going to take your notes. For uh, a while, about five months ago, I switched to Bear, which is um, a Mac and iOS note-taking app. And uh, it's very interesting. It's got that hybrid markdown editor that shows you your formatting as you type. It's got hashtags that you link between notes, which is pretty cool. And it has the ability to create nested folders. Theirs is interesting because you use tags to make nested folders and you literally type the tags Uh. in the note. There's not a tag area. You type the tags. Um, Which I find a little cumbersome because you have to like type slashes and like type your hierarchy. Do you have to escape stuff? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I can just open. Oh, slashes like so slash parent level note or tag slash. So here I have like child tag and housing. And the way that I created personal slash housing is I literally typed hashtag personal slash housing. Okay. Created a housing folder for me. That makes sense. And if I were to add another tag to this note, it would also be in that area. Oh, you know what? This is actually so part of the reason I want ephemeral stuff separated is because I don't want to sort it because it. I feel like I have to have the perfect organization system. Mm-hmm. for all data that's going to be kept. That's the, and like Evernote, I became a mountain of terrible tags and notebooks that barely yeah. kept updated because I was like, well, this one doesn't fit anything, I guess. So that's why I, like, I don't know I what's going on there. 154 notes in inbox, which are just not sorted and there could be literally anything. And like, I guess I could just do, yeah, I could use search for that. Um, and like, that's not a bad, like that's not horrible. Like search is fine. They use search for Gmail. I don't label everything anymore in Gmail. Yeah. You know, but for serious content creation, I think like you need to be able to have nested folders or if you're writing a book, you know, I want to have like book, then chapter folders. And then like in Mm. a chapter, I might want a folder for world building notes or something like that. Like I want data flexibility and I don't see why Evernote can't give us the ability to create nested notebooks. Like so many other apps do. Oh, now, in, in the meantime, for anybody listening who happens to want to write books, I actually love Scrivener. Scrivener is cool. Scrivener it is a separate is app, like, though. So, you know, yeah. this stuff doesn't do any of that right now. But if yeah. you were writing something right now and you think that sounds cool and you, and you need it immediately. Oh, yeah. Scriv- write your book in Scrivener. Scrivener is dope. I wrote my book. Well, I wrote my book mostly in ByWord, but then I ported it over and finished it in yeah, Scrivener. Scrivener is really cool, but it's nothing like these. So it's not like you could it's do that at the same time. App. No. Especially like, yeah, I don't think getting data. That's into just it if you're is writing easy. a book, and that's all you need right this second. Mm-hmm. And so I'll talk about Ulysses now because, like, I feel like Ulysses is the app where everyone's like, if you're a serious writer on Mac and iOS, use Ulysses. But if you're super serious, use Scrivener. That's kind of like really? the, okay. the consensus because Scrivener is like everything and the kitchen sink. It's like ridiculous formatting tools and everything like that. I don't think you can write a markdown in Scrivener. Uh, Ulysses is, I would say, very similar to Bear where you can do your multiple folders, that with nesting. Um, 
You can do your hybrid markdown, which is really nice. What I love about Ulysses though, is you don't use tags to categorize things. You just create your folder structure the way you want. And then if I go into, say I have like three levels of folders here. So I've got very stupid test folder names, math notes with evil math, and then very evil math is my third level notebook here. So I can see all the notes that I've done in here. If I go to evil math, which uh, contains very evil math, I can see everything within evil math, but also the ones in the subfolder as well. I like that. I like being able to do that. Okay, so yeah, that is that is kind of a similar thing to what... Um, yes. It's similar to one of the things that you can do. Now, what I would like to be able to do here, out. if I could, I would like to be able to hide this, like collapse it, yeah. if I could, which I'm going to write that down there. Um, collapse subfolder lists because that would be cool. But what I love in Ulysses is that for every single folder, you can define a sort order. That's great because I could have a notes folder, which I would just do by date modified or date created. But then if I'm writing a book, then I might sort that manually and I can move these around exactly how I want to move them so I can define chapter order okay. or sub chapter order or whatever I want. Um, another thing that Ulysses does, which I like a lot, is it also has the outline view which I only have one header here, so there's only one there, but it's, I love that outline view. I do wish it wasn't like a menu I had to click. I wish I could just have it in the sidebar, which uh, you can do with Slite and you can do with Typora and you can do with Dropbox paper, but at least it has it. <laughs> it's funny how like everything is divided. So yeah. everything just specifically among all the different note-taking apps. Right, so I think it's a big area. might be the one that I would go to, but it doesn't have a Windows app. Or mm. So again, same problem with Bear. When I was using Bear, it was, I was using Bear for like two months. And uh, I would just be like, well, you know what? I just, I don't do content creation on the desktop computer anymore. Just not what I do. Uh, and I think this was around the time that we got the office. So I was like, well, I, I do work at the office. I go to the office. I plug my MacBook into the dock, which gets me the other monitor. So it's fine. But that, that did not fly because I would find myself editing video on this desktop. Or sometimes I'm playing a game on the desktop and I'm like, ooh, I just got an idea. Yeah, and, you and my data system is completely inaccessible from this computer. I guess I have to type it on my phone. Like, I don't want friction keeping me from getting ideas into my system. That's like the whole, that's like the whole productivity principle I live by. Get ideas into my system, you know? And I guess I could like simplify and be like, well, my system is a, a paper notebook, but yeah. I don't know. The way I like to work, I like to be able to type. That's how I think. I type so much faster than I write. So that works for me. Um, I guess Ulysses, another thing I don't like is when you paste a link, you have to hit enter three times to get to the next line. Oh, yeah? Because you'll paste the link and then you hit enter and it'll pop up this window. It'd be like, do you want to like label this link? And you have to hit enter to get out of that. And then you got to hit enter one mm. more time. So because I do a lot of research for videos, I will have research documents. Like I'll show you the one in Evernote that I got going right now for the investing video that I want to do. Um, where is it? In the, yeah. This is my, <laughs> those are all the links I had open for investing. There's like, uh, for people who are listening to this, probably 30 URLs that like I want access to in case I need them again. Uh, and I would have to hit enter 90 times in Ulysses, whereas in Evernote or basically every other app, you just paste it, it auto detects the link, it links it, doesn't ask you to label it because you don't need to label it unless you want to. I don't know. I feel like, for an app to let you label your links, you should just it should just like wait for you to type the text that you want the hyperlink to be, highlight it, and paste the link in. And yeah. No, if I'm pasting a link on its own, 
then I just want the link there. Yeah, or like in Markdown editors, you can just put the the label in brackets and then the URL in yes. parentheses after. You can write that. Yeah. But like you you don't want to be. I just wanted it to be the URL, mm-hmm. and now you're making it hard for me to move on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I guess like yeah, there's there I have I have requirements for serious writing, but then I have requirements for research, and I would like those two things to be in the same app. Yeah, which uh, makes sense because what yeah. if you're you need to see the research while you're writing, and now you've got two apps mm-hmm. open at the same time, and you're trying to switch between them on your phone or something on the go, and yes. that's just... So the problem with Ulysses, no Windows. The problem with Bear, no Windows. The problem with iCloud Notes, no Windows. iCloud Notes is pretty awesome, actually. Like, it lets you do subfolders. You can drag notes between folders very easily. Yep. You've got inline image support. You've got checkboxes. No Markdown, but for I don't see Markdown as a necessity. I, I see it as a hybrid Markdown editor especially like the one that Dropbox Paper made where you can type in Markdown, but you can also do rich text stuff. Like it gives you a toolbar. So if you want to just highlight a word and then hit the B for bolding, you can do that. If you want to just hit Control-B or Command-B to bold, you can do that. But if you want to do Markdown, you can do that too. I feel like that's like the ultimate implementation of a writing tool. Mm. Um, Mark Text is an open source Markdown editor that also does that. And then what Mark Text does along with Notion, which I want to talk about next, is uh, if you do like a slash, it'll actually open up like this little drop-down menu right where your cursor is, where you can actually just like scroll through a list of elements and then insert them that way, which is pretty cool, especially when you get to powerful note-taking apps that let you embed videos or tables, things like that. Um, So the last ones on the list here are Notion and Slight. And I see these as kind of similar, um, though they do have some marked differences. So Notion, we've been using for six or seven months. Um, it's an, it's an app that we use daily. Notion impresses me more than any other app for like personal data management I've ever used. I mean, you use Notion a lot because I kind of make you. <laughs> That's true. Because <laughs> we, we use it a lot for college info geek stuff. Notion, I feel like their problem is that they're trying to be everything, but like impressively, they've almost done it. Like yeah, it's got, a, it's got a lot of features. A, vow- a very powerful spreadsheet slash database tool that works like Airtable. They have a hybrid markdown editor. They have the slash thing where you can uh, bring up that contextual menu and, and insert things. You can embed media, videos, pictures, um, and you can embed PDFs inline. And I think you can even view your inline PDFs on the mobile app, which even Evernote can't do. Like Notion is really powerful. And it's also super flexible. Um, you get this sidebar where you can just create as many nested folders as you want. But the problem is there's at least for a note-taking thing, there's no like default uh, middle view where you click into a folder and see all your notes. Like you're just clicking into a page and it's so flexible. Like you, like you could build your own thing where you could like make a database. And I've tried to do that. I tried to have like a, I think like a weekly meetings um, folder here. And then I created a database and I would just like make notes out of the database, which worked okay. Like, this is what we did for a while. But it just, I don't think it's as elegant as the more rigid structure that Evernote or Bear or anything gives you. Where it's like folder view, you click into a folder, you get a list of your notes, and then you click the note you want, and you see the thing in the editor. But my main complaint with uh, Notion is the they use this, like, block structure to make their text and, and all data in the app super um, modular. Like, I can move literally anything around. But, and you've probably ran into this, you can't select text precisely. 
Yeah, it's, it's difficult to, and you have to like select a whole block. Yeah, so like a paragraph is a block, right? Um, and like any serious writers, like sometimes they're gonna want to like, oh, I don't like these five sentences, which comprise possibly three paragraphs. So I'm gonna cut them out. Uh, you can't do that in Notion because the moment your selection goes outside the block that you have started in, you're now selecting blocks. Yeah, so if you're cutting like the end of one paragraph and the beginning of another one, you couldn't, you'd, yeah. you'd be selecting the whole paragraph. Yep, it just doesn't work. So um, any kind of serious writing can't really be done in Notion. So my weird workaround solution for the past five months has been writing my scripts in Evernote or, or uh, Byword or whatever Markdown app I want if I get serious about it, and then I paste them into Notion. <laughs> and I only paste them in the Notion because um, we, we use Notion for video project management. Um, Notion's crazy powerful. Like they have that database thing where the, the first cell in any row is itself a page and you can go as many layers deep as you want with that. And then they also have a templating option where you can make anything a template that can be just, you can spawn iterations of it. That's crazy powerful. So we have a, a table of all the videos we're working on with tags for sponsors and tags for the date that's going to go live and things like that and who's going to edit it. And then I can spawn an iteration of my video project template, where if you go in there, there's like a table for B-roll ideas. There's a script area. There's a new version of our publishing checklist. Like it's, it's so powerful. It's crazy. It's so powerful. I don't want to abandon it, but I can't write my scripts in it. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like I got to paste them somewhere else. So like we, we, we're like almost addicted to Notion for video project management, but uh, it's not the place where I can write my scripts. Maybe I got to be okay with that. But uh, to be okay with that, I would need another note-taking app where I'm, I'm happy writing and I'm not happy yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Slight. Slight is interesting because I feel like Slight is uh, the one that's like closest to exactly what I want. I don't think I have Slight installed in this computer. Um, but Slight's like they're, they're building primarily a team-based note-taking app. But I feel like inadvertently they're, they're working on making something that works perfectly for individuals. They just, like, everything about them is, like, all their marketing is not built for individuals. Because it's like, put in your company email address to start a company uh, Slight account. It's very, like, Slack for note-taking. That's even got the slur. I think, like, they, they're they like, what if you could, like, make a personal wiki or note-taking in Slack? It even looks like Slack. Like, look at it. It looks like Slack. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but it has that nice, like, three-pane view. Uh, it's got... It's got a markdown editor that I would say is equal to Typora's if it weren't buggy. So right now, sometimes when I do like, uh, you know, asterisks around a word to bold it, it won't actually render the word bold. It just like leaves the asterisks, like one out of every 10 times. So usually whatever engine is doing this, it like works, but sometimes it just like forgets to do it, which is <laughs> annoying. Um, but like they, they've got a lot of great stuff in here. They've got an outline view that you can keep. And when you open the outline view, it just gets rid of all your note organization stuff to kind of give you like a, a distraction-free environment. Um, so right now you can't like look at it all at the same time, but that's fine. They have, I think, the best collaborative and commenting system because they create threads. So it's not like, I don't know, Notion is a little more annoying because like your comments are like everywhere and you gotta click into them. Whereas if you highlight and comment paragraphs in Slight, it just creates like a list of threads that you can resolve, have conversations on. So for collaborative writing, it's awesome. You can link between notes. You can bookmark stuff. Everything's there. Like they're doing great, all right? And uh, so this is sort of annoying to me, but 
on the, on the left here, you have channels, which are like, the, I guess they're, they're notebooks. And uh, within channels, you can go here and you can make collections and you can make as many nested collections as you want. So it does kind of have that folder structure, but I kind of wish the folder structure was just over here in channels. Like it, for, for people listening to this, it would be like going into an Evernote notebook and then in that middle view, you can create nested folders, but then you can't do sorting within a nested folder. The only way you can do sorting is by looking at recent for the entire top level notebook. Uh. So like, it's almost there, but not quite. But the biggest problem with me right now, uh, or for me with Slate is the performance and bugs. It's just, it can be a little buggy. Their mobile app just came out and it can be very buggy. And then it, sometimes it's slow. Like if I want to open another, like an app in a new tab, sometimes it just, it does not load very quickly. You know, and, and natively built desktop note-taking applications will just pop a new note open. That's what Evernote does. If I want another note open in a new window, Evernote's just like, here you go, boom. So nothing is there yet, but so many apps are close. And I, th- I feel like this is the <laughs> problem with the, um, it's such a complicated thing. Yeah. All of them are trying to do so many things, and when you try to do so many things, it gets hard, but right. what if you need these features? You can't just cast them all out like I normally do. Yep. Then then what? You want something that's inherently complicated, and because of yeah. that, everything's going to be like almost there, but at a sacrifice of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been in the Reddit for the Standard Notes app, and I've gone into their Slack too, and I have to like give props to the developer. It's one dude, and he's every time people are just like, I can't believe you don't have image support yet. I can't believe this isn't there yet. But, and he's just like, look, I'm taking my time. I'm like making this at my own pace. I'm not going to throw bloat in there because bloat is how you get Evernote and how you get like a thousand bazillion screaming customers who all want everything. Yeah. Like, look, I started with a plain text app with encryption and then I slowly added extensions over time. That's what I'm going to do. And, you know, I, I commend that. Unfortunately, it just has a couple of things that don't work for me right now. Yeah. You literally can't open another note in a new window. And that's just like, it doesn't work for me as a researcher. I feel like that's why I ended up using paper so often now or just iCloud notes because I like I got so frustrated and confused with all the organizational things or the things that weren't working quite right. And then I was like, um, I just don't want to need information anymore. <laughs> Everything is ephemeral. Throw yeah. it away. And I sacrifice a lot of potential things that I could be doing that would be more organized because of it. Mm-hmm. But everything was just ever so slightly too confusing to organize correctly or it wouldn't display right now it's just like i can't i don't care about any of them now yeah you will be what i want or you will be paper and i will throw you away when i am done yeah yeah exactly um so so all my complaining here has just like started making me think like what if i what if i could make the app that works for me and i think like trying to redo evernote is like that way lies madness kind of thing. Because like, oh yeah, we're gonna do OCR, we're gonna do cameras and audio notes and everything. We're just gonna beat them. We're gonna make Evernote plus nested folders. That's a huge software product that's been around for 10 years. Yeah. Um, But the thing that made this seem feasible in my mind is there's an open source Markdown editor called MarkText. And I believe it's open source so I could fork it. Now I'm not a developer, so I probably shouldn't fork this. But, uh, and I've seen people discussing this in the um, the issues threads for Mark Text and on GitHub, 
They're like, I just wish like you could take Mark text and like graft it onto a note taking system like Evernotes or, or Ulysses or something like that. Um, and it seems like the people there like have the want, maybe there are people there with the ability. There just isn't like the funding. Um, and what I have is some ability to fund something and I'm good at Figma. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty good at UI. I'm not good at coding. So like, I, I wonder like how feasible would it be for us to almost like, I, I think like the MVP in my head is something similar to Typora, maybe using an open source Markdown editor like MarkText as the base, but it's got iOS and Android apps in addition to its, um, you know, standard Windows, Mac, and maybe Linux, or maybe web interface as well. Uh, you could do this in Electron, which means you basically build a web app and then it's in a container. There are performance issues, but I mean, Notion's built on Electron and that's, it performs decently well for me. Hmm. There's gonna be purists out there who are like, you know, you gotta write it natively. So it's, you know, as good as possible on every single system. And sure, maybe you can do a rewrite when it's not MVP time, but I don't know. like. I, I feel like this could be feasible. All I want is like that awesome Markdown editor with the ability to do nested folders. And then it would be cool to like have some features from Ulysses or Slight with like the outline view, the versioning history, um, which you could maybe build on Git. I'm not sure. Smart filters and tags, you know, just things like that. Uh, and then build from there. But I feel like that there's just nothing that's nailed that like beautiful combination of that editor with that sub folder hierarchy organization and made it available on those five core platforms. Yeah. I'm going to say the five are like web windows, Mac, Android, iOS. And then the Linux people are going to be like, but what about Linux? Okay. Maybe Linux later, but like (laughs) not, not a whole lot of people use Linux. And if you put it in the web, like you can still access it. Yeah. You know, that's like the one thing that makes me like almost want to go back to bear because they're working on a web app. Just not there yet. Hmm. So we'll see. I don't know. Maybe six months from now, like everyone on this list will have solved all their problems and I won't need to do this. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to keep it in my mind. And uh, I guess like, because we're making this a podcast, like if you have ideas, if you have, um, Thoughts. I'm trying to think of like the best place where I won't get overwhelmed by people who are interested in this. The Discord. Would that be a good place for people to go and like if they're interested, they go in here and chat and like because I don't want to get a bazillion emails about this because a yeah. bazillion emails means it's a one-to-many relationship where nobody else can collaborate. They're all just emailing me, and then like I okay, I've got a zillion other things to do. Like say I came up with an idea that like needed developers and needed to fund it. I got to keep making videos and podcasts yeah. to fund it. Like there's a surplus of money from the videos and podcasts, but if I stop that, like that, that ends. So if this was going to be a thing, maybe there needs to be like a more collaborative group of people who can also discuss it. Um, but then the problem is like the more people you add to the pool of voices, the more features get requested and the more bloat there is. So I don't know. 
Yes, it's a very tricky situation. <laughs> it is a tricky situation because there's just the part of me that's just like, no, I want it the way I want it, and I'm going to hire one developer, and they're going to make it the way I want it. That's it. <laughs> but there's also probably stuff that I'm overlooking. I don't know. Um, so let's let's do the Discord. I think that's a decent place to start. We already have collegeinfogeek.com slash Discord. You can go. It's an open invitation. doesn't cost anything. You can get in the Discord. I'll just make a channel for note-taking. I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. Probably just note app. <laughs> go in there and, like, if you listen to this podcast episode, you'll know what that channel's for. Otherwise, you won't know what it's for. If you have ideas, if you're a developer, if you're, like, passionate and you're, you hate the fact that all these note-taking apps don't work just like I do, then go in there and let's, like, have a chat. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I would like to see something that fits my needs. And I feel like so many things are close. There's not there yet. Like you, you take the, the version history syncing and device availability of standard notes and you throw on Typora's editor and it would be almost perfect. You know, and uh, any, any, any combination of many of these apps, it's like if I take this and this and mash them together, it would be perfect. But they're not mashed together. Nope. So we may have to do some mashing ourselves. Um, so, yeah, I guess the other thing is tell us in the comments for, I guess, the YouTube version or maybe on Twitter or Inst- probably Twitter. I, I haven't been checking Instagram DMs very much lately. I actually put Instagram at, like, the back of a folder on my phone. So I go to it less. Yeah. And it means I've been posting less frequently, but I've also been there less frequently, which is good for my time. Um, so Twitter is probably the best place because like Twitter's a, it's easier to get a hold of me. I think. Insta- the, the problem with Instagram is it's again the friction issue. Instagram's only on my phone, and yeah, I hate I, typing I on hate my phone. That I can only do it on my phone, so, so I'm not going to do it. Sometimes just yep. don't. And uh, I think Facebook pages try to like integrate a thing where your Instagram DM inbox could go into your Facebook page, uh, your Facebook Messenger thing, but then like the conversations were all messy and didn't work. Mm. I don't know. So, yeah, Twitter. Um, I'm Tom Frankly, and you are Yo Martholomew, which is long for Martin. Yep. Uh, what I want to know in the public forum is what do you think about these kind of fly-on-the-wall episodes? Because obviously this was not really an episode for anybody. It was more for us. Yeah, maybe you don't care about note-taking apps specifically, but yeah, I mean – but who, I mean, we, we could talk about anything. Who, just, who listening to this podcast doesn't care about no taking apps? Like, who wouldn't care about that, right? I don't know. <laughs> but like, we could just, it's just an episode where it's less attempting to present definitive right. answers to things and it's more just, mm-hmm. just like a discussion. Well, you were telling me about like when you went to PodCon, didn't they say like uh, every successful podcast, like every a successful podcast episode has somebody. Yeah, so, somebody episode, was talking about how like, is, yeah, one of the hosts is geeking out about, right. about the thing. And it's a lot of it's just sort of like it is just a conversation or it's more or entertainment. It's not always presentation all the time, which is. Yeah. And I, I like the episodes like uh, the burnout episode where yeah. it felt like I was trying to discover something while we were recording it. I was also trying to yeah. reach conclusions the whole time. You know? Yeah, it's funny when people ask me, like, what are, what are your favorite episodes of the podcast? Like they're not the ones that have done the best. They're like, I don't know, the the house buying episode. I know that's not the one that's going to resonate most with our audience, but like it was, I was interested in buying a house. So I went and geeked out and did like a ton of research. Yeah. I guess so these kind of episodes are just like 
do you occasionally want to just kind of pick mm-hmm. up a piece of our brain for, yeah. for no reason and say, what's in there? Oh, that's interesting. But you didn't seek to get anything out of it necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to know people think about this. I like this format because sometimes I just want to get thoughts out and like those thoughts are interesting to other people. Yeah. There are so many things that we talk about or so many thoughts that just, they're interesting. They could be useful to the right person, but it's like, we didn't work out the perfect angle to make it. Mm-hmm. Here's my bullet pointed seven ways to wear your socks cooler. Yeah. Make them cool socks, I guess. <laughs> go to Express, buy fancy pattern socks. Yeah, you know, I, I got some socks with some clouds on them. Those are some pretty dope. But, like, True. that's not, you know, that's clearly just a random conversational piece, and, and little yeah. little thoughts would never make it anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is interesting. And, I mean, this, I feel like this is, it gives us even further impetus to change the name of the podcast. Like... Yeah, I had an idea for a name it, earlier, and then I looked it up, and it's already a podcast. I did, too. Ah. It was like, first time, I was like, uh. let's call it the 1% Better Show. Nope. It's already a show. Nope. So, when now, it's, one thing I will not say on the air is podcast names. Yeah, Because that, that would be so easy to go, like, just nab. Too many MCs, not enough mics. Exactly. To I want quote, all the mics. Like we have, like, Fugees, 14 mics in this sure. room. There's a lot of mics in this room. How many... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, <laughs> eight, nine. Oh. There's at least 10 because there's mics on the phones, 11 in your phone, 12, 13 on the laptops. Oh, there's God. The government's there. listening, aren't they? They're. I mean, yeah, of course. Hi, government. <laughs> I mean, hey, why don't we make the entire – all of our correspondence a podcast because then everyone gets to hear what the government here gets to hear, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's true. We'll just leave it recording all day long and then we'll just cut out chunks and then say that's an episode – I remember watching uh, – there was a guy back in the 90s actually who like did uh, experiment where he streamed just every room of his house 24-7 to the internet publicly. He was a weird artist type. Okay. And then he took that and he, he did like an experiment where he bought out this building and set up cameras everywhere and like invited people to come live there. And I think they lived there for free but the beginning every of Big single Brother? thing had to be filmed, even the beds. It was, it was weird. I can't remember the name of the dude – Possibly people can put that in the comments, but it was sort of like the the precursor live streaming huh. or like social media even because like people like tweet their lives now. Like that was sort of like the experiment that sort of got that started, but it was, it was also weird and like people got really, really angry and yeah. Turns out when you, uh, when you go volunteer to live in a place where you're literally always filmed, like some people tend to crack under that. I can imagine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm interested in this. It's a, it's a potential idea. I would love to see a note-taking si- si- uh, implementation s- situation. Yeah. I don't know what the word is. Yeah. Solution. That's the word. And at the very least, this is a good example of like, uh, you know, how do, how do you think through stuff when you're – this yeah. is this is how deeply you get stuck in things and how much you're <laughs> thinking about the details of things. And that's – You know what I also want to see? Comments from people who are just like, Tom, you're stupid because you could have just done this. Because there's probably some oversight. Yeah. You know, I want to know where my blind spots are. You know, what what could I just be, what could I be doing? But I tried to mold Evernote to my will and I just can't seem to do it satisfactorily. So um, luckily I've been spending like hours over the past few days just writing out every pro and con for all these apps. So I basically got my like dream feature list so I could just sort of start paring yeah. it down and then start doing some wireframes and could be a thing. So yeah, collegeinfogeek.com slash discord. 
if you want to join the conversation about that, I think I'm going to just throw up a channel called Note App. That might work. Otherwise, I think that'll do it for this episode. <laughs> so if you've stuck with us so far, it feels weird to promote the standard things we promote at the end of the episode because it's like a weird, just like Skype conversation almost. Well, it's not Skype. We're literally sitting here. Yeah. It's in the studio. What? You can... <laughs> That can happen in real life? Yeah, real conversations could happen. This is like an IRL Skype? It is, yeah. Um, I, I would say that it's likely that I already have a video. I'm going to have a video about these apps out by the time this episode comes out because this is like three weeks in the future. So if that exists, which I think it should, that'll be in the show notes. So if you want to learn more about some of these note-taking apps I talked about in a way where I'm not, not like rambling about them in an audio format, then check that out. Uh, we'll have links to all of them in the show notes and some other things. So cigpodcast.com slash 250. We made it. Quarter thousand. There it is. I don't think people say the word quarter thousand, but 250 episodes seems pretty significant to me. I don't know why. I think when I hit 250,000 subs on YouTube, it felt really significant. It'd There's just in- some way the human brain like sees divisions between different base 10 number combinations. Like 250 felt more significant than 300. Hmm. Just because it's like it's a, it's a quarter million. Yeah. You know? um, so, yeah, check out those show notes. Uh, otherwise, you can go to collegeinvokeek.com slash resources to find our favorite apps, books, tool recommendations. Who knows? Maybe someday a note-taking app developed by half me, half developers in the Discord. Who knows? Maybe that could be there someday. I don't know. I think we, we could we could probably whip up an MVP at some point and then realize just how difficult of an engineering challenge it probably is. Yep, but even discovering that is a very interesting challenge. It is an interesting challenge. I'm interested in it. And I think that's like the, the um, I don't know, like the North Star. Like it's fascinating, so yeah. go for it. Well, it's like when I was doing the Unity things, you know? Yeah. I don't. Who, who knows if those go anywhere? And if you limit yourself based on trying to predict whether an idea will go somewhere, you're going to shut down all of your ideas before they start. True. Yep. Give yourself a chance to actually work at it and fail. Don't just assume you're going to fail and never try because sometimes you don't fail. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Cool. Um, so I mentioned resources. Uh, if you want to support the show, you should probably tell people how to support the show. I know they're chomping at the bit. Oh, yeah. Especially in an episode like this where we're like very specifically gave them what they wanted. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Didn't just like have a conversation we wanted to have. Yeah, if you like this show, um, Apple Podcasts or iTunes on your computer has a whole marketplace of podcasts and every podcast has ratings and reviews. So if you want to go over there, give us a five-star rating or four-star or however many stars you think this podcast is worth. Uh, Give us a review that gives us feedback on what we're doing. It's highly appreciated, but it also, I think at least, helps bump the show up the charts, up like the top podcast rankings. And then when people go to education or higher education to look, uh, look for a podcast, then they might see ours and that will grow the listener base. And yeah. Yeah. If this is your first episode for some reason <laughs> and you hate this format, don't review it based on that. Listen to the last few. <laughs> that's, that's probably, yeah, it's an oversight on my part. Um, we should have like a recommended starting playlist. I think we should because there are some the that are definitely page. like yeah, we need like a where more to my start. favorites than the rest. And not just for personal reasons. There's like I feel like that was a good conversation. This one worked well. You know what? I feel like I actually – It's hard to cur- – podcasts aren't well curated, so we like, should actually get yeah. that out there. I feel like I designed that in Figma on the – Yeah, I never made it if never that's true. It, so MVP demanded just, sacrifices. But we, we can just – 
I mean, didn't you make it all modular so we could literally oh, put like the grid? That's true. That, because I took so long to make that a feature, I made it a good feature, which yeah. means we could implement that within the next 20 minutes if we, we had a list could. in mind. Yeah, we could literally just say like start here, top nine oh. episodes. Haha. Boom. Take that agile development. Grid. This paid off. All right. So let me make a list of things I need to do before I I'm get up and stop doing this. Way too picky for agile uh, development, honestly, with channel. things that I care about like this. I need that. I'm just going to call it Newt app. Secret note app. <laughs> and then uh, top nine podcasts. That would be useful to have. DuckTales. Boom. Cool. Well, I think that's it. So thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, again, this is not a normal kind of episode. So let me know in the YouTube comments or on Twitter what you guys thought of this. Do you want more sort of fly on the wall stuff? Or do you do hate you our brains? Just, just maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I, I do want feedback. But to be honest, like I think we need to do more of this kind of stuff. Because sometimes... oh, I think we're going to have to move in a slightly different direction eventually. Mm -hmm. But may, you know, maybe if you just like, I don't know, give us any feedback. I like feedback. It'll help us yeah. grow. We got to grow. We're at 250 episodes now. We yeah. can't do the same thing for another 250, you know? I think it would be it would be sad if it was like episode 500 we're like top 10 test taking tips like yeah, you I don't, did it. I don't We're getting we're getting we gotta, old. We're getting old, Tom. <laughs> we we need to, to change. Yeah. If we literally just do the same topics because they'll do well, that's sad. Yeah. So there Well, imagine if I thought 18-year-old me was the best me and I should be like him forever. I don't want to be anything like 18-year-old yeah. me right now. We need to grow. Tell yeah. us how to get old better. Yeah, tell us how to get old better. And with that um, what's an old timey way to sign off? Um, I'm, I'm not good at this Thomas yet. Frank for KCCTVI News Channel 8. I need to get better at old, old timey <laughs> sign offs. I'm not an expert. All right. We'll see you in next week's episode. Stay cute.